Thank you for joining us wherever you are. This podcast episode is brought to you by the Old Ways Actual Play Team. This actual play uses the 7th edition Call of Cthulhu tabletop role-playing game rules by Chaosium. This actual play is performed by adults and in an adult setting. While we try very hard to stick to language for all ages, listeners should know that this podcast may include mature themes. All content, including names, places, events, companies, and etc., that may bear resemblance to entities living or dead, is strictly coincidental. My name is Michael Diamond, and for tonight's game, I will be your keeper. Thank you for joining us again on another episode of the Old Ways Podcast. I'm your keeper, Keeper Michael, and we return to Horror on the Orange Express, where we are still in Milan. Just a few minor bits of housekeeping left, it seems. Uh, so we are going to go directly into introductions tonight. Uh, so to my right. Hello, I'm Mike, and I'm playing James Robert Fraser, who has just uh, had a rather startling discovery after indulging in a little bit of uh, amateur surgery. Indeed, sir. And to your right. Hi, I'm Rena. I play Lady Elizabeth Fitzroy, and I have acquired the torso. Yes, uh, it is uh, in the in the hands, the firm grasp, it seems, of Miss uh, Mag- Maggie Bellinger. But more on that later. Uh, at the end of the table. Hi, this is Giles, and I'm playing the currently tenderized piece of meat, formerly known as Simon Griffith. Indeed, sir. Uh, your keeper was happy and gleeful to beat the piss out of you last game session. It may continue this session. We'll see. Uh, and to his right. Hi, I'm Miranda and I play Maggie Bellinger and I was going to say I have a new torso now, but since uh, Rena took that, I guess I'll just say spay and neuter your pets. That's a fantastic suggestion. I, I appreciate that. And last but most certainly not least. I'm Martin and I'm playing Richard Courtney and uh, the professor's managed to work out that if somebody has an accident with their trousers, it's normally sort of a foretelling some tragic death or it's it's happened too many times. Yeah, it seems clear that uh, any sort of uh, distressing fabric, mm. any sort of incident like that, seems to to portend doom for that person. Absolutely, it's happened every time without fail, hundred percent success rate. Trains of damage equals carnage. And on that note, we're going to raise the curtain on our episode this evening. When last we left our investigators, some of them were still within the walls of La Scala. The uh, beautiful, although now a bit singed, opera house in the heart of Milan. Mr. Fraser, you are still holding on to this chunk of flesh when this older woman speaks to you as if she knows you. She speaks to you as, uh, in such a friendly and direct manner. And though while her voice may be hoarse and filled with with pain, when you lock eyes with her, time melts all of that mirage away for you. You become enraptured once again with the somewhat muted presence of a woman who once graced many stages. Something terrible has befallen her. Fraser is standing there, his 
his clothes are all out of kilter. Um, he's splattered with whatever this substance is that this thing uses for, for blood. Holding in his hand a mass of flesh, skin and cartilage or whatever passes for it. And just kind of looks her in the eye. And, Miss Cavallero? Is it, is it really you? I... I have your voice. Holds this out towards her in his hand. I... I tried. I... I failed you. I failed you. She falls into the seat nearby. Shaken. And... Fraught with emotion. You see all of those tears that she's shed. They've painted the front of her dark dress this evening. And she says to you in a series of broken words, Is there a... Is, is there no way... Is there no way to fix it? I... I don't know. I, I, I wouldn't know where to start. I, but I know somebody who, who might. Simon, you're hearing this, even in your wounded and exhaustive state. You are ground zero as this dead flesh form begins to bubble and seep into the floor of the Scala. So I can actually hear again now. Uh-huh. Okay. Fraser! Where's Paul? Fraser's just been a, in, in something of a, a, of a stupor at the moment and doesn't really register that anyone's talking to him for a moment or two and then he kind of looks around rather dazed oh dear lord simon oh, we, we we need to get we need to get out of here is, is, is paul paul is paul not with you is there anybody here now is there anybody left or is it just us the opera has completely cleared out to this point uh, the orchestral uh, group has left the maestro is gone uh, the stage sits quiet uh, there is nothing except the three of you and the now bubbling and disintegrating remains of whatever and even around your own fingers Mr. Fraser, you see the bits of flesh that were attached to this piece that you've removed are beginning to stain your palms with this yellowed texture. You're not quite sure how long you have. I'm gonna grip onto it and, and uh, come on, we we need to go. We need to go before the before the police get here or, or worse. Can you can you walk, Mr. Griffith? Go ahead and take her. You, you find where Fakacha kept his stuff. 
See what you can do. I'll make it back to the hotel. I wouldn't know what to do with this stuff. I wouldn't even know what stuff to look for. I'm going to find Lady Elizabeth. She can help. Yes, but I don't know what books to find. I, I, I don't even know where to start looking. We don't have that time. We don't, don't even... Come on. Just ignore me. Take the lady and go find Lady E. Come on, you're coming too. I'll get there. So I'm going to guess that Mr. Fraser is more stubborn than you are, Mr. Griffith. Oh, he is. In this regard. And he's likely stronger in body at this point too. He He's going to make you come with him. Can I at least grab a jacket off the costumes backstage on our way out to cover myself? Sure. Or maybe a robe, because I split my pants. <laughs> I mean, nothing bad happened to somebody who split their pants. Or trousers, as we might say. Mm-hmm. You can gather one of the pharaonic robes that are back here from the opera that was being performed. There's more than enough costume garb that's likely been flung off. Uh, Mr. Fraser, are you bringing with Katerina? Uh, I am, I, I'm going to offer uh, her my arm and say, I... I Come, come with us, sir. We'll do the best we can. We'll do what, whatever we can. I, I pray her ladyship knows or can figure out what to do about this. I pray we're not too late. All right. For the other investigators, having left La Scala just maybe a minute or two ago, where would the three of you be off to? The hotel, I would think. That's what I was going to say as well. Hmm. That just seems to be a reasonable rendezvous point. And we can start hurriedly packing and everything so we can get the next train out as soon as people show up. Yeah. Okay. If they show up. Yeah, it's a fair point. You get back to the hotel, although it does take you a little while to get there just because of the mass of people that are in the streets. Uh, The Opera House in La Scala holds thousands of people many of whom were in attendance tonight. It was a packed show, and so the streets are fairly busy with people. Miss Bellinger, you are having a terrible time moving through the streets, and that is because you are being overcome with a shortness of breath and coughing. Maggie, um, what, what's wrong with you? You, uh, you, you? you appear to be struggling. Stay back, Richard. It's the torso. I'm, I'm certain of it. I fell ill when I touched it. I suppose we should find you some more copper. Um, here, let me uh, take take my arm. Let me see if I can help you. I'd take Richard's arm, even though I just told him to stay away. <laughs> I'll still take his arm and let him assist me. At this point, you're probably starting to get covered in a bit of blood from Richard's head, which is probably leaking down his arm. And <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so um, you two make a fitting pair as you trundle on down the street towards the hotel. Given that you're helping each other in some ways move down the street, you've placed Lady Elizabeth in the lead. So you clear the streets and you get to the hotel, which is now packed with people who are trying to get to their rooms or get to anything except the opera at this point. (laughs) You head to your rooms fairly swiftly. Maggie, you know upon entering the hotel you are going to need to use the lift here. You don't believe the stairs are an option for you. And you've slowed in pace probably to a fourth of what you would normally move at. 
You're really laboring to breathe. Richard, we need to... We need to get to... I, I'm not going to make it up the stairs. Perhaps someone else should carry the item, Miss Bellinger. You don't look well. I'm... I'm not certain that it wouldn't inflict you in the same way. I think it's... It's best if it's just one of us. I think she has a point, Maggie. Um... Here, look, perhaps I should take it. Is Richard going to try to take it from me? Because I probably wouldn't be strong enough to fend him off at this point. I don't think he'd dare, unless you offered it. No, Maggie wouldn't. Well, look, let me, um... Uh, let... You're already injured, Richard. Let's just get upstairs and I'll put it down. Yes, let, let, let me help you into, um... Do we see a lift? Mm-hmm. There is a lift in this hotel. Where's this? Where's this? Ah, there's a, there's a lift over there. You guys get into the lift and get up to the rooms. Leah Elizabeth, you begin furiously packing. Oh, yes. Maggie, you get the torso piece down onto a nearby table. And as soon as your hands come off of it, you feel air fill your lungs. And you get hit by this racking cough. But with your hands not directly attached to it, you start to breathe a little easier. Your head swims a little bit to the left and the right with the oxygen change. Your breathing's still a little labored. Richard, when you get back to your room, I suppose what I want to know is, what are you doing with Mr. Fraser's rifle bag, which you've taken with you? I would imagine that Richard is going to check that his briefcase is here. Mm -hmm. Pat himself down, make sure he's got his sextant in his pocket, and uh, he's probably paid no attention to that bag, but I'm sure at some point he will remember that he's got it with him, and it might occur to him that... uh, there could be a rifle in there, at which point he's probably going to start worrying about the fact that he's got a rifle in his room, stop packing, and uh, see if he can find Mr. Fraser. All right. To that end, Mr. Fraser, where are the three of you going? You're heading back to the hotel directly? Well, that rather depends on what we look like. If we are looking like we're covered in blood and some sort of gloop um, uh, and looking suspicious and not terribly presentable, then I think it might be safer to uh, go somewhere else and contact the hotel to let them know where we are. The first thing that comes into Mr. Fraser's head is to go back to Miss Cavalera's apartment. Mm-hmm. Of course, he, he is aware that there is a possibility there might be this chap's men or black shirts watching the place, so I'm um, going to have to kind of uh, scope it out. I suppose my first question is really, what do we look like? Do we look presentable enough to go to the hotel without raising a lot of eyebrows or not? Mm, not in your estimation, no. We'll head back carefully and cautiously to uh, Miss Cavalera's apartment. All right, very good. It doesn't take you terribly long to get there. She's actually not far from La Scala. And when you arrive, she reaches out for the door handle and simply opens the door. She does not knock. And that confirms your belief. She, she looks not like herself, though. She looks older. Is that why? Yeah. Yes, she's, she, she looks like she's past her 60s. I mean, this was a vibrant young woman who is at the, the top of her field when you'd met her. And she looks like she's lived a life at this point. Yeah, try not to think about that too much. Isabel meets you on the landing in the foyer immediately. And she calls out, well, oh, what what has happened? We don't, we don't know, uh, Miss Isabel. Just 
Um, can you can you put the kettle on, please? We'll sit down. We'll 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 have a, a cup of something, and, and and we'll try to decide what to do. May I use your telephone? Of course, absolutely. I'm going to call the hotel and ask to be put through um, to Lady Elizabeth's room. After a couple of minutes, the lines get connected, and there's a ringing of the telephone in your room, Lady Elizabeth. I'll answer it. Hello. Hello, uh, Lady Elizabeth. It's uh, it's James Robert Fraser here on the telephone. Mr. Fraser, where are you? And Mr. Griffith? Yes, I have Mr. Griffith, and we are at uh, Miss Cavallero's apartment. Um, We have Miss Cavallero. Oh, wonderful. You found her then. Yes, but she's she's not quite herself. Um, something has, has happened to her. I, I think I think you need to see her. We're not really in a fit state to come to the hotel. Mm. Something has happened to her. You're the only person that I know to turn to who might be able to do something about it or might have some idea of what can be done. Well, I'll see what I can do. But in my opinion, Mr. Fraser, it might be wise for us to take all of our belongings from the hotel, come to Miss Caviero's apartment and proceed from there to the train when we're finished. I don't think it's wise going back and forth, especially with the standoff with our friends the fascists. No, no, um, I, yes, I, I don't I don't think there'll be a, a, any other gentleman's uh, apparel here. And, uh, as I say, I'm not really in, in a fit state, and um, Mr. Griffith is quite badly injured as well. Is Paul with you? Uh, we have not seen Paul. We thought he was with you. No, no, I, I, haven't, I haven't seen him all evening. That's disturbing. Perhaps he has... Where, where, where could he be? Perhaps he just got lost in the chaos. Yes, perhaps, yes. I hope he was not accosted by the black shirts. Well, perhaps he'll turn up before we come to Miss Caviero's apartment. Uh, we'll, we'll see what we can do. I, I, I'm not sure that we have much time. Uh, I, I'm hoping that you can, you can return her voice to her. I'm not a miracle worker, Mr. Fraser, but I'll do what I can, if I can find something. Thank you, Your Ladyship. Thank you. I'm eternally grateful for any anything you can do. Rest up. Mr. Fraser will be there as quickly as possible. As you put the receiver back down, Lady Elizabeth, there's a sharp knock on your door. I'm going to pick up my cane, and I'm going to cautiously open the door. You see a rather disheveled and somewhat wounded Paul outside your door. He's leaned up against the frame. Dear Lord. Paul, come come sit down. You shouldn't be standing there. Good God, man, what happened to you? The, the, the theater, the opera goers at La Scala happened to me. Yes, apparently uh, the professor and Mr. Fraser had some issues with that as well, if I'm hearing correctly. We went out through the back and missed all of that, thankfully. Oh, well, joy. I, uh, got caught up in the crowd and then was taken off my feet. And then these two or three gentlemen who was bound to determine to get out just walked right over me. They weren't wearing black shirts, were they? Uh, well, it's a black tie affair, if you'll pardon the expression. Y- yes, so they would have been wearing white shirts if they were a black tie affair. So were they wearing black shirts? He puts a bandage on his head and begins self-medicating in a way. Uh, I must tell you the Recent memory is not as uh, clear as it used to be. Yes, yes, my apologies. Is there anything I can do to assist you? Oh, oh no, 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 I'll, uh, 
I'll clean up. How are um how are you? How are the the rest of your uh, party? Well, the professor's a bit beaten up. Uh, he also got a bit trampled, I believe. Miss Bellinger is not feeling too well. Mr. Fraser and Mr. Griffith are at Miss Caviero's apartment, and apparently they're quite uh, in a state and will need some medical assistance. So I think I'm doing quite well, but the rest of us are probably not in that boat. Hmm. All right. Uh, well, I shall check on uh, who, who else is here then. He stands back up. Professor and Miss Bellinger are here. And Paul, we're thinking that perhaps after this evening's events, we may need to get out of Milan rather quickly. Hmm. So we're going to pack up, go find Mr. Fraser and Mr. Griffith, but we're not going to return back here. Understood. I'll gather my things. It, it shouldn't take me very long. He stands up, gives you a nod, and then exits. In the intervening moments between him packing up, he does check on both you, Professor, and you, Maggie. For you, Professor, he definitely bandages your head. He also supplies you with some medicine for the ache. That's good. And then... For you, Maggie, he asks if there's anything he can help you with. Do you have something to maybe ease my my lungs? I I um, seem to have developed quite a cough. Oh, certainly. I have a cough suppressant here. It's an older mixture, but it should work out pretty well. That would be perfect, Paul. Thank you. He gives you a tablespoon-ish sized full of medicine. And uh, the ingredients seem like they'll just fix you up right as rain. Perfect. It isn't probably more than 10 or so minutes after you take the medicine that you barely start to feel anything at all from your chest. That's quite better. Well, I should be able to pack up now. Wonderful. The four of you then collectively gather your things and head towards the apartment. All right. So for our two investigators at the apartment, Miss Kettlebarrow does her best to find her way into a chair. She is tired, although she does not appear wounded. Uh, she seems exhausted. Isabel's gone off to make make some refreshment. Isabel has actually gathered some things, and she is working as best a field medic as she can on Mister Griffith. Oh, okay. oh, is there anything that I, I can get you, uh, Miss Miss Cavalero? I, I I need to go and clean myself up. But uh, would you like a, a something something to eat, uh, something to drink? Oh, I, I have not been able to keep anything down for a few days. We have a, a, a doctor in training in, in our party. He, he may be able to, mm. to help with, with that side of things. Looks at his hand, which is still clutching whatever's left of what he ripped out of the creature, if there is mm -hmm. any, indeed anything left at all. Anthony comes down from upstairs. What is... what's going on? Ah, Anthony, Anthony, Anthony. Uh, yes, uh, is, is uh, the, uh, the police detective uh, still, still here with you? No, uh, he's... Um... I must confess, he's become impassioned with uh, bringing some important information to the authorities above the police. He's been working pretty diligently for the past few hours to collect reports, and his aim is to, uh, well, I think it's to prove foul play or some sort of uh, illicit connection between the black shirts here and some of the things that have been going on in Milan. I see, I see. Well, uh, uh, step aside with me for one moment, have you? I've got mm -hmm. some news for you that uh, might be 
Well, it's 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 good news and uh, rather difficult news as well. Um, Certainly. Well, the good news is that uh, we have found Miss Cavallero. Where is she? Well, th- this is this is the rather more uh, difficult news. Uh, the lady you see uh, reclining on the uh, the chaise longue there, uh, that is Miss Nina Cavallero. What? Now calm yourself, man. I understand it's a difficult thing to see, but something has befallen her. Some witchcraft or, or black magic. I, I don't know what you'd call it, but uh, something has been done to her, and she is not as she was. But uh, Lady Elizabeth and, and my, my travelling companions are heading this way, and uh, my hope is that they, between them, will be able to find a way uh, to restore her to herself again. I wonder, when we fought with Kanti in his apartment, there were things there that we did not take. Things I would not touch. He makes the sign of the cross. <sighs> yes. Can you, can, you, can you tell me the way to this apartment? There, there may be something there that, that can help us then. So, certainly, certainly. There was a, a, a room that they had laid out some strange circle in, and uh, he had reams of, of paper on uh, all manner of things. Um, the, the men that were uh, with me would not let me set fire to the building because they were afraid that the neighbors would catch as well. Oh, yes, yes. Perhaps we need to go there then. If there's something, is it, is it like what we saw in the uh, in the uh, the building uh, by the factory, the warehouse? Yes, that's why I wanted to burn it. Well, I, I, I will I will defer to uh, her ladyship's uh, knowledge and understanding in these matters. But uh, but uh, kind of put his hand on his his uh, his shoulder says. You may very well hold the key here. I'm, I'm very glad that uh, you've come come to us with this uh, this information. I see. Are you still holding her voice box? Oh yeah, yeah. I'm kind of gripping. I'm not even aware that I've got it, but I've got it gripped tightly in my left hand. He looks down at your hand and says, "What? What is it that you have in your hand?" I look at his hand, almost bemused not realizing that there is anything. I... It's... I... It's... Her voice. His eyes go wide. I have her voice in my hand. I'm keeping it safe for her. He takes a very measured step back from you. There's a wildness in... uh, Yeah. In Mr. Fraser's eyes. I, uh... If... uh, you are to save it, we should find a way to contain it. I I will hold it. I will keep it safe. Mr. Griffith, you can heal two hit points. The fast-working hands of uh, Miss Cavallero's personal assistant or her head of house maid, Isabel, works wonders on you. It, it's nice to be able to get some of your hearing back. And it's also nice to not have blood in your eyes. That's super helpful. But you are bandaged basically all over your head. Your upper torso is bandaged pretty heavily from all the skin breaks. But you still live. Lady Elizabeth, Miss Bellinger, the professor, and Paul show up to Miss Kevlar's apartment. Not probably 10 or so minutes after that, give or take. The hotel and the apartment are honestly not that far away. Basically about four blocks. A still bandaged Anthony lets you in. Lady Elizabeth gestures towards the house. We'll head in. 
little nervous now after seeing Paul. Mr. Fraser didn't sound too well, so could be a bit of a bloodbath in there. Could be. The uh, apartment here is filled with people now, as it's not used to having this many people in it. Mr. Fraser will have gone to uh, the uh, bathroom to uh, make himself as as presentable as as possible, clean his face uh, with one hand holding on to this thing all the time. Whatever, whatever's, whatever's there, even if there's nothing there, even if the hand is actually empty, he still thinks he's holding something. The hand isn't empty. There's definitely something in it. And then, and, and then he'll come, come out again and uh, greet the other. Uh, y- y- your ladyship, uh, um, well, you better, you'd better come see. See what? Well, it's better I show you. Uh, it's, it's it's easier. I yeah, must apologize well, for, 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 for my uh, for, for my my state, uh, your ladyship. Uh, I, I have not had time to, to change, I'm afraid. Mr. Fraser, that is hardly what we are going to be worrying about at the moment. Calm yourself. No, 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 of course not, of course not. Uh, this way, please, your ladyship. Uh, Miss Ballinger, uh, Professor... Oh, uh, Paul, yes, uh, yes, Paul, Paul, if you'd be so kind, uh, yes. Uh, prepare yourself for a shock. Oh, oh my. Lead you uh, across to where uh, Miss uh, Cavallero is sitting. Uh, Lady Elizabeth? Uh, Miss Caterina Cavallero. Both of my eyebrows go up. Yeah, I mean, it's not sanity inducing, but it's pretty close. It's hard to believe, I'll put it that way, but... Uh, especially for someone like Lady Elizabeth, who's somewhat familiar with the fantastical elements of it therein. Uh, It's not impossible. Dear me. Miss Caballero, are you... Well, I shouldn't say all right, but uh, can you speak? I can. I'm going to sit down next to her. So, Mr. Fraser has asked me to see if there's anything I can do about your your voice, but uh, could you perhaps tell me what happened? The professor chimes in at this point. I've I've seen this in the house we were in um, when when I was with Maggie. Um, using the device, I was able to work out and 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 see back in the the past, and there was a, a ritual and. Somehow, a voice box was was transplanted from uh, Miss Caballero over there into an Italian. Um, uh, uh, I I don't remember his name. Um, but but that's that's how it was done. I I don't know the method, but it was. Um, I can probably recall parts of it. We have um, Anthony here has has told us that uh, and this this fellow Conti's uh, apartment. Uh, he he has uh, some. Something uh, on the floor. He has uh, some paperwork uh, or, or something that. Uh, well, I, I I wonder if it might be of some assistance. Uh, just as a point of, uh, I don't know what the word is. A point. Um, did we go and see this? Was this Comte's house that we went to, or was that someone else's house? I'm losing so, track of the names. It's very important, as far as the names go, to remember that. Um, Conti is one person and Comte is another. So that's an important foible. We don't want to make a, they're not the same person. So 
Conti is the gentleman, as far as most of you are aware, who had a lung transplant done to him in a warehouse. And Anthony and uh, the uh, police officer, Cabello and some others, went to his house and there was a shootout that was in the paper this morning. And it seems from what Mr. Fraser is recounting is that there were potentially some sort of items or there was a paperwork that Anthony wouldn't touch that were that was that was in the house. With the recounting of, of uh, what, what had happened or what has been told to uh, Mr. Fraser, um, you do wonder a little bit, Lady Elizabeth, what, what papers they're talking about. What is it that they're talking about? Mr. Fraser, papers? What papers? Well, I, I, I don't know, but he seemed to intimate that there, there was something about them that he found distasteful, and I wonder if they might be in some way connected with whatever all this is that has, that, that has caused this, that has, and he holds up his hand, that has taken this from the woman sitting on, on the chaise long there and, and placed it into that creature's throat. Okay, so Lady Elizabeth, it seems that your personal assistant has a piece of flesh in his hand. He has some, some object balled up in his fist. Mr. Fraser, what is that? It is... It is Miss Katerina's voice, your ladyship. I hold it safe for her. Roll sand. Yeah. In fact, all of you who don't know that that's the case, roll sand. I'm going to omit. I'm going to omit Simon from this because he literally watched it happen. Fifteen under fifty-one. A thirty-two under fifty-one. Oh no, eighty-eight. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, no, no, no. Can't pass a roll today. <laughs> um, so I'm going to take a point of sanity from you in this regard, Professor. You have seen a lot of things that are wild and weird. This is quite frankly just a little gross. You realize what his ends are hoping to be, but oh man, like it just it makes you a little. It definitely gives you the upset stomach, like. Your stomach kind of turns a little bit at the thought of this juicy piece of flesh sitting in his hand. The rest of you are just grossed out about it. And I don't think Simon's in a state to care at this point. Richard says, I am sure there's a more sophisticated way of doing that. Um, it certainly came out in a manner that was, uh, well, a little more um, arcane perhaps, but um, less brutal. I've cleaned it off as best I can. Mr. Fraser, you should perhaps put it in a container or something. I'm afraid you might crush it if you continue holding it in that manner. And then, even if I can put it back, it won't help. Uh, Paul kind of pipes up a little bit and says, um, do, do we have, perhaps, maybe a, a glass of water? Cold water? Mr. Fraser holds it close to his chest. I'm keeping it safe. Yes, Mr. Fraser, you have done an admirable job. However, if you continue to hold it, you may unintentionally damage it. You have very strong fingers. He kind of look, looks at you and, and looks at Paul and says, oh, I suppose, if you're sure, but don't let it out of your sight. Oh, no, 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 sir. I would, never, I would prefer if you held the cup. You seem intent on hanging onto it. Yes, so you can you can hold the container, Mr. Fraser, but you shouldn't be 
holding it in your in your hand that way could damage it. Of course, of course. I'll I'll go through to the kitchen and, and find a receptacle for it. Mr. Fraser goes and, and goes into the kitchen and Paul kind of turns and gives you a slight, just a slight look, Lady Elizabeth, like um, perhaps Mr. Fraser needs to have some, some time to himself to consider things. Anthony speaks up and says, I can take you to the apartment to Conti's place. It's not that far. It's on the outskirts of town, but uh, it should be easy to get to. There shouldn't be anyone there. What with everything that went on there last night? I can show you right where the paperwork is, but I will tell you this. I don't, I don't particularly care what family you're from. I'm not being any part of what happens. Yes, well, I can't guarantee anything will happen. But we're going to attempt to restore her voice. But we'll see what we can do. I guess I'd just like to know who is going to the apartment. Are all of you collectively going together? I'm I'm definitely going. I, I think it might be useful if I uh, if I can recall parts of this. If um, perhaps that would be helpful. Maybe. Um, so, Mister, uh, if, if Simon kind of says that he's uh, he's just going to stay where he is, um, uh, Mister Fraser will go over and have a quiet word with him, saying, "Mister Griffith." I, 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 I'm concerned that there may be, well, perhaps people watching the house. Uh, your, uh, your assistance and keen eye and steady hand may be required. Did they bring over everything from the hotel? Um, yeah, Paul probably would have grabbed uh, Fraser and your uh, items as well. I did specifically say we were packing up yeah. their things. So. <laughs> did they bring Mr. Thompson? <laughs> yes. The trunk is here. I will retrieve Mr. Thompson and assemble it and just sit in a chair, a, a comfy chair by the door. Sure. I would be um, happy to stay back with Mr. Griffin and watch over him while you're gone. Miss Bellinger, not rushing headfirst into danger. Who are you and what have you done with Maggie? She called her Maggie. Um, well, I just th- uh, thought that I could... Um, you know, my lungs weren't feeling well, and I thought I could stay back here and um, touch the arm and the torso together. Are you certain you won't require the professor's assistance with this? Slight suggestive eyebrow raise. No, I can fill him in on my findings later. Um, I'm, I'm very well. I'm easy to help wherever I can. I mean, if you think I'd be better, better here and. Um... I don't know. Um, wherever, really. But they may need you and the device there. If, if you're sure. And Mr. Griffith might need my assistance here. Oh, okay. I'm a pretty decent shot. All right. So then, then the three of you are going to head on with Anthony to Conti's apartment. Yes? All right. Uh, actually, sorry, the four of you, because I assume, maybe wrongly, are you taking Katarina with you? Yes. I think we probably need to if she's willing to come. So uh, you pack up into a car and you head down the street out into the outskirts, slightly into a, a bit of a raised position on a hill where you find uh, an apartment. It is uh, seen better days on the outside. It's pretty clear that there was a shootout here 
Uh, there are some windows that are broken. There's quite an awful lot of bullets near the door. You can see holes, Lady Elizabeth, like in the in the outer door and in the near the frame of the door. Uh, it's all pretty pretty fresh. But Anthony leads you up the steps, and he helps uh, Katerina inside. Uh, the house is furnished; it's empty of people, uh, but that doesn't keep Anthony from leading uh, with his pistol at the ready, as if he's expecting trouble. Yeah, I think I'll probably have my pistol as well. Mm. Inside the apartment, uh, Anthony shows you to a back room. It's probably no more than eight by eight. There's a table that's been set up in the far corner that has uh, an assorted amount of papers on it. There are a few small jars nearby. There's a quill and an ink. And uh, the floor itself has been totally cleared down to the, uh, the wood. And there are chalk marks along the floor in a very circular fashion. There's a beautiful design that has been etched into it and there's a depression in the pieces of wood on the inside it's as if something sank into the floor here does it look like the circle that we found in the other place the the warehouse similar yes uh, I think that the difference being is that the outlines here are a striking and definitive state. It is not as modeled as, or perhaps uh, muddied is a better word given the flooring in the warehouse. It's much more clean and well done here. It's like someone took their time. Maggie with our camera. I was just about to say that. Uh, so I'm going to have a look around for these papers or... Yeah, they're they're right. Text that were they're, mentioned. There's a sheaves of paper over on the far table there. I will take a look at them. Um, do keep an eye out, uh, Mr. Fraser. I'm going to have a look at these. What language are they in? Uh, they are written in French. Okay. So Which I do speak. You do. So there are about eight to ten pieces of paper here, give or take, double-sided. And they are written in French, and they tell of a method of concoction of this tonic to create a frictionless surface to allow uh, the repositioning and the mutation of human flesh. And so this is something that you would have to do a hard int roll to collect the entirety of this information together. Um, this is essentially you learning a spell. I have a talent on that I'm not sure if it applies here. Okay. Uh, I have Arcane Insight, mm -hmm. which uh, it, it has the time, I believe, but I don't think... Does that matter here? It has the time for you to learn spells. Mm -hmm. Which is what will, would allow you to learn it in less than normal time. Okay, so I'll make a hard intro. Do so. Zero three. That is an extreme. All right. 
The precepts of the spell are not difficult at all, really, to understand for you. It's really just more that your mind hadn't ever gone down this road before. It's the mixture of the chemicals. The alchemical stuff is the tricky part for you. And you're concerned that your chemistry knowledge is maybe a little bit limited in this regard. So you're concerned about getting the mixture right. You understand what has to happen after that. You're going to need a willing subject and you're going to need a massive amount of energy. But before any of that can be solved, you need the alchemical part. What do I need for that? Well, it would be... It's probably... It's a sciences role for sure. Boy. Uh-huh. I don't have any sciences. Could be a problem. Professor? Yes, uh, how, how can I help? What does this mean? It's a chemical. Basically, what you see here, Professor, is she's reached up and she's... she's gone through three or four pages and then she extends one of these sheaves of paper to you you see a raw alchemical formula it's written in a language really only someone who loves science could understand he's not much of a chemist but he does have a, a pretty good score in physics and uh, those two things are quite closely related why don't you give me a hard edu because you have a common enough sciences for it We're going to use the, the amethyst dice now. We're fed up with the green ones. Oh, hang on. I've just dropped one on the floor. Hey, 39, which is under half of 85. So that's a hard success. Indeed. Maybe Richard wasn't the smartest bulb in the bunch, so to speak, at uh, uni, but uh, he certainly did his homework. And this isn't impossible to suss out. Uh, you just need the proper componentries. You kind of give a half look around the table and you see that there are four or five systems of bottles here and glasses. Well, everything's here. You just need to prepare it. Ah, well, um, yes, look, it, it makes perfect sense. I mean, they must have been um, following this before and uh, here the components are. Yes, we can. We, we have what we need right here. After I've read through all of this and the professor says that he has the components that we need for this, do I feel like I understand it enough? Like, like that this is what he would have used in the vision then? Yeah, with the extreme role, you have a grasp on the spell. Your okay. biggest concern is getting Miss Cavallero in the circle again. Because you're yeah. certain that from everything Richard has talked about, it was likely a very traumatic experience. Mm -hmm. Is she in the room or is she... No, she's outside. Uh, she's not outside the house, but she's in the apartment in a different room. I assume that she's being overlooked by Razor and likely Anthony to make sure that she's doing all right. I will go to her then. Um, and if she's sitting down, I'll sit down next to her and take her hand and say very gently Miss Caviero I think I have a way to potentially return your voice if it is what you want I can attempt this 
I can't guarantee it will work because it is not my magic. But I can attempt it if you are willing. If you are not willing, then I will not pressure you, but I will need you to come back into that room. And that is why I am asking if this is what you wish. And if you are willing to attempt it. Her eyes look at the hallway that leads to the room with a stockpile of grave concern. Just the the worry, the the trepidation is something that you could chew on. I, I put my other hand on top of hers, so I'm sort of cradling her hand. Like, I know it must have been unbelievably traumatic. I can't even imagine what it must have been like. And if it's too much, if you would prefer not to, I won't even attempt it. But I think it can work, and I think we can give you back your voice. And I will be there with you, and Mr. Fraser can be in the room. And we will do everything we possibly can to give this back. Know how important your voice is to you, and it is truly a beautiful voice. And if we can give it back to you and the world, I would I would love to try. But only if you are willing. Elan has suffered these many years. We are under the yoke of a madman. I came back to Milan to sing for my people, to give them hope, to make them feel that no matter how many shirts went black, that Milan still had life. Our people, Milano, she says in very clear Italian, deserves to live. I am that voice. I must be that voice again. She stands up with way more strength in her legs than you've seen before. I'll do my best. Anthony grabs her arm very delicately and says, do not, do not engage in their magics, please. Please. You, you, you cannot damn your soul with these magics. It will not fix anything. Only God can fix what has happened here. It was not God who did this, sir. We are merely attempting to write what the devil did. And that is all we mere mortals can do on this earth. I will be outside. I will not take part in this. On your heads if it goes wrong. I will do my best. He walks outside. And I will offer her my arm. I have changed out of my evening dress into something far more appropriate by now since we were getting ready to travel anyway. Certainly. Um, So 
I will offer her my arm and mm-hmm. gently lead her back into that room. She goes willingly. She takes, she kind of loops her other arm uh, into yours, Fraser. And uh, the three of you walk together to a room that has been, for her, a focus of much horror. Back at the apartment. Maggie, while you're fussing over these two pieces, looking at them, trying to play connect the doll with how they work and interact. Simon is dozing a bit as best as one could with the Thompson nearby. Um, Even though he is quite a staunch and uh, and healthy man in normal regards, it has been a complete energy wipeout for him. And so while he is awake uh, and and playing, um, you know, well-armed guard, uh, you are getting an opportunity to kind of be with both of the pieces that you have. What are you trying to accomplish with them? I really just want to see if I can figure out um, if there's any interplay uh, between them, like if I'm touching both of them or if they're touching each other, if they go together. You do get the first visual look at how they would connect. Mm -hmm. It seems like there are uh, almost these strange clasps that run on the the outside of the torso that where the the arm pieces would the arm and shoulder pieces would connect into Mm -hmm. and so there is almost this mechanical feel to that although there are no visual moving parts per se they do look like they ride and click into one another Ooh, yeah i would probably try to put them together okay so just like a like on a dinner table or just on the floor or uh, on a table if it's there. Okay. I don't want to bend over my back. You put them up on the table and you have the early spring air nearby coming through the window. And as you get the pieces close to one another, you begin to get this sense in your head that the air temperature here has changed. It's more than just the window. You feel like someone's just draped your body with this feeling of being underground. There's a, there's a coldness that continues to remind you of Poissy as these pieces get closer and closer. Yeah, that intrigues me more than anything. I don't know if it would scare Maggie because... Uh, it's it's a familiar feeling in a way because it's where she found the arm. So I don't think she'd be deterred from putting them uh, together. Okay. They want to be together. You reach and begin positioning them to click together. And from behind you, you hear... Yes. Puts them together. 
do it for me. Now you're going to make a power roll. Well, I don't like that. Uh, 40 under 75. Very good. This is opposed. I can make it hard if I have to. If you'd like to, go ahead. No, I'm not saying that's going to work, but if you'd like to, go ahead. Sure, I will. Okay. I've rolled a seven. Um, You don't want to. You don't want to. You don't want to. And you do it anyway. Mm-hmm. It, it, it wants it. You hear it click together. At your right-hand side, a face appears as if <gasps> they're standing next to you. Uh, it is pale, and there's almost a makeup white that's been placed over that. There is a luxurious revolution era style coat that it wears, a powdered wig on top, and a pair of some of the most sinister eyes you've seen. And the voice says, Keep putting it together for me. Keep doing the work. You're doing so well. You feel a ghostly hand on your shoulder? Almost as if it's approving of the job that you're doing. And inside your head, you're banging around desperate to get out of this position, desperate to stop doing whatever it is that you're being told to do. But an, an overarching presence has crept in and it's like a door you can't open. You get to watch as your fingers and thumbs work the clasp back and forth to finally fit the arm in. And you feel these sickening, good feeling. It's a mix, a wash of terrible emotions, one after the other. You don't want to do this, but it feels so good to do it. And so you're at the same time happy and disgusted by the time the breeze hits you again from the open window of Miss Caballero's apartment the figure is gone and you're still standing above the table with the pieces connected Maggie would probably uh, pat herself down to see if her body feels normal or the same uh, you, you're a little out of it. You feel a little disconnected from yourself. Mm-hmm. That's rather strange. I do wonder what effect them being together will have on me, though. Perhaps we'll find out. Back at Conti's apartment, you've taken Miss Cavallero into the room. You've positioned her in the center of this circle. Um, and you've begun lightly preparing <laughs> for this act. Uh, the details inside the spell working that you're most concerned about, Lady Elizabeth, is the fact that you will need to draw on quite a bit of energy. I would like you to make me an occult roll. Oh my. Let's see. My occult skill, skill is pretty good, so... I'm going to spend two points of luck to make that a success. <laughs> Fair enough. You are fairly certain that from what you heard at the warehouse, there were multiple people in the room when 
Arturo did this spell originally, at least to do the lungs portion. You're probably going to need everybody here with you to be a willing participant. Or whatever that might mean. Oh, I will turn and look at the professor and Mr. Fraser. And, well, gentlemen, I'm going to need, let's say, more energy than I possess to attempt this, more than likely. I may need to draw energy from both of you. Will you both agree to this? Of course, of course. What do you need? What do you need me to do? Stand over there, and I'll push him over to one side of the circle. Uh, Professor? Um... I'm, um, I'm not entirely sure. I'm, uh... Professor, you will say yes, and you will do as you're told right now. I I didn't think you believed in all this kind of thing. Uh, you were most against this. Uh, professor, this is hardly the time to have this sort of discussion. No, do you need to, Do you need me to go and get Anthony back? Do we, Professor? Um, no, no, I mean... It would be an interesting experiment, I suppose. Yes, it would be, wouldn't it? First-hand experience and all that. Yes, I shall be sure to make notes afterwards. Indeed. Then I'll direct him to the other side, across from Mr. Fraser. All right. Very well. Then I'll look at Miss Cavallero. Are you ready? I believe so, she says in a a broken voice. Well, I will do my best. It's all one can do in this life. And I will start casting a spell. Hmm, indeed. So you begin encanting. And the language, the chant in French is not too terribly difficult for you to get into rhythm of. You get the idea of what they're trying to do. It's really just more of a uh, a honing, a, a concentration of your, your willpower. And you're distilling it through a concoction, which you are going to assemble during the ritual and then cover your hands in before being able to gain control over a subject's skin. And so you'll be coating your hands up to the wrist in this muddy brown and red colored, almost clay colored fluid. Uh, After which, all you should have to do is simply... Take what Mr. Fraser has uh, removed from the opera house and reconnect it with uh, Miss Cavallero's body. And so you raise your voice pretty high, trying to channel all your will and intent into this most important task. I will need a power roll from you. Okay. And then. After you roll pow, I have another question. Oh, dear. 
That is a 57 under 70. Okay. So... There is going to be a requirement, a sacrifice of mystical energies. How much are you prepared to sacrifice in that regard? And how much are you going to ask from your other willing participants? Oh, Lady E would never admit to this verbally, but this is the only thing she's ever seen Fraser care about so deeply. And she really does have a soft spot for Fraser. And so she's going to pour everything she has into it. Very well. And how many magic points is that? Whatever else is left, I'll I'll take from them. But uh, I have 14 magic points. I will take all of your magic points. Mm-hmm. You are still at a deficit for this spell. Okay. So how many are you taking from them? Or... Are you going to elect to deal yourself hit point damage to make up the difference? Mr. Fraser is looking at you with this kind of almost pleading in his eye, and you probably know that he would he will give whatever he he needs to for this to work. As I'm casting this spell, I'm just thinking about everything Fraser's done for the last for my family over the past few years, and just he's not in great shape and he's been through a lot, and so I will this once. I, I will take the damage. Oh, okay. Very well. Uh, so the way systematically it works is you take a hit point worth of damage and can turn it into a magic point. Systematically how it functions. Uh, so I am going to play an empowered hand of fate against you as you cast this spell. And so your deficit is 10. And so I will deal you 10 points of hit point damage. As they are in the circle and willing participants, your associated investigators will get dealt five hit points of damage. As their lifeblood is expelled out into this cloud that exists in the circle now magic and blood together. And you, knowing the spell and knowing how long you have after the components are activated, you step towards Miss Cavallero. And I assume Mr. Fraser still has the voice box in his hand. Absolutely, yeah, in whatever container I've managed to find to put it in. Perhaps an old um, tea caddy. And so... <laughs> you reach out a hand to Mr. Fraser and you can see it you can see the coating of this material on her fingertips and palms as it drips onto the floor and you see the intent in her eyes it is time for this most diabolical surgery Mr. Fraser trembling I will open up the uh, container take whatever is in there out and hold out my hand palm upwards with it on it 
I'll take it as soon as it's offered. Am I bleeding as well because of mm. the hit points? Oh yeah, and the actual the actual damage is applied as you take the voice box from him. And so when you take it from his hands, you see blood come up through his palm and surge out into the air. Oh, oh, quickly. Doing my best, Mr. Fraser. You can feel it now, Lady Elizabeth. There's a rush, a pounding of blood in the air. The, the, The room now is temperature is escalated. It must be 150 degrees in the room. It feels like it. I will take the voice box as it is offered, and I will move as quickly as I can, just focusing on what I'm doing, trying to ignore everything else in the room, and go over to Miss Cavallero. You go over to Miss Cavallero, and she very gingerly undoes the loop at the top of her dress and kind of exposes the upper part of her chest and leans back her head towards the sky. So I'll go to where that scar is because I'm assuming that's where it would go. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to attempt to replace the voice box. Hands are probably trembling a little bit. Your hands tremble a little. You push your fingers in. Just the first first millimeters of her skin come in contact with your fingers. And you feel almost a, a, a lack of resistance. You feel it now. The magic becomes real for you as the voice box slowly moves inside. But you realize now, just in the moment... You're going to have to take the other one out. She can't have two voices. I'm going to remove the old one, whatever this one is in your in your throat, all right? She doesn't even nod. Just like a, a doctor talking a patient through something very difficult or painful, and I'm going to carefully remove the old one. Got medicine? Hmm? Do you have any medicine? I don't. Okay. First aid, perhaps. I do have some first aid. All right. I'll give you a hard first aid roll to see if you can line it up properly. All right. Ooh, 23 under 50. Oh, very well. You remove a piece of what you believe is it. The the voice box comes out. Uh, it almost feels like you're taking out just a, a piece of cartilage at first and then the, the bits of it that drag around out of her throat. Uh, you can tell it's caustic. It's dark. It's damaged. You place what Mr. Fraser gave you back in. And now you begin a very slow and nurturing intoning as this cloud of red mist which exists in and around the ritual space begins to surge into your body again and then out through your hands and a very tan tone takes over her throat area 
and it begins to get redder and redder and redder. It almost feels like a, it almost seems like a, a sunburn is being given to her. And now I'm going to make constitution roll for her. And that's a fail. Those of you who are still in the circle, if you would like, you could spend luck in her regard. How much luck would we have to spend? She needs 19 points of luck. Ooh. Can come from either one or both of you. Or all three for that matter. Would you take magic points? No, because this is a roll. I wouldn't take magic points. Gotta try. Fair enough. <laughs> I can give 10. All right. Lady so she still needs name. nine more. She does need nine more. Oh, I mean, I'll give as much as I need then, if that is the case. I, there, there, there is no point in going through everything we've gone through, only just to throw it away um, at the last hurdle. Very well. Then I will take nine points of luck from you, Mr. Fraser. And Professor Courtney go away with it. <laughs> yeah, he was going to chip in a little bit and then... Uh, well, he didn't chip in quickly enough. He didn't. No, no, no. <laughs> yeah. And that will and not go unremembered. Uh, <laughs> then he was going to make Fraser uh, remember that. Uh, yeah, yeah, right, yeah. yeah. Well, he doesn't need to now. No. <laughs> she collapses onto the floor. In what can only be described as a, a seizure of sorts. She is not alone in that regard. As Lady Elizabeth, you completely pass out utterly exhausted and now bereft of any leftover energy. If Miss Caballero is, has, uh, is um, spasming or seizing, mm -hmm. I think uh, Mr. Fraser will, will run over to her and, and try and kind of place her in whatever was known as the recovery position uh, at that mm -hmm. time, which is probably flat on your back, um, yeah. and, uh, and just try and kind of cradle her and, and hold her and stop her from hurting herself, maybe put something between her teeth or something. She, you know, she's likely to bite her tongue. She looks up at you, James, and in a clearer voice says, thank you. It is the only two words that pass through her lips before she passes back out. I'll just nod and just hold her head on my lap, just on my knees. The next few hours pass relatively calmly. For those of you in the ritual space, you're resting in the apartment as best you can. Everyone there, even Anthony in some regards, has lost something in the past few days. At Cavalero's apartment, Maggie, the voice never returns. The pieces stay connected, provided you, do, you don't desire to take them apart. And as much as you might want to play a guard dog, Mr. Griffith, your pain and your exhaustion level is a little too high. And after a few hours, when no disparate forces, when no madman comes through the door, sleep hits you like a pile of bricks. And so, that is where our Milan chapter ends. But not where our episode ends. Because our characters, our investigators, have been through an awful lot. 
So I would like to reward them for their work. We are going to go directly into an investigator improvement because I think that is a wonderful way to round out our chapter and see what rewards become of them. So for those of you who took part in the ritual space action, I have a specific reward to give you, which I will give you here at the end of it. And so if we can, just in order of our appearances, if we can go through our skill rolls that we've ticked and see what we get. And then after that, I'll pass out some luck. And at the end of it, I'll pass out some sanity. Which is what everybody probably wants. So, uh, Mr. Fraser, if you would, please. I have a few things to roll. Um, hmm. Starting starting with charm. Hmm. I think I have a note somewhere of where I, where I managed to uh, tick these off. You're such a charming individual. I mean, it could be anywhere. Um, this was uh, when we first met Isabel, um, and uh, I was uh, attempting to assure her of, uh, of our, uh, our intentions, and I succeeded right. in charming her. And so I have charm of 38, which I failed. Oh, very good. So you can get, you can, you may take four more points of charm, sir. Thank you very much. Uh, the next thing is um, handgun skill, which uh, I use to to deadly effect in <laughs> La Scala. Yes, mm. yes, you quite effective in La Scala. Uh, handgun skill is 34. And I rolled a 33. Oh, wow. Well, better luck next time. There we are. Um, my next skill is my rifle. Mm. And I think we know where I used that. <laughs> Also in the Scala. Also in the Scala, indeed, yes. Uh, my rifle skill is 72. Ah, I rolled a 20. Mm. Didn't expect to hear that. Mm. The next skill to, to roll is um, Intimidate. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I was uh, very uh, grateful to receive a hand of fate in order to uh, succeed in this. Um, uh, and this is uh, again at La Scala while I was uh, backstage facing off against uh, three black shirts. Mm-hmm. Um, my intimidate is 30. And I just rolled a 38. Yeah, there you go. So you may take six more points of intimidate. Lovely, thank you. Um, psychology is my next one to, to thing. Uh, to try and improve um, it's been used a lot in this chapter yeah um, so um, when when we met uh, Angelo uh, Carabello the, uh, mm-hmm. the detective um, I was uh, attempting to uh, uh, suss out whether uh, he was uh, on the side of the fascists or not and that's where I succeeded in that role for the first time and my psychology is 40 that's an 87 well, your psychology is now nine points higher. Lovely. Um, two more to go. First being spot hidden. Uh, let's just see where. Where was that? Uh, not sure where that was. But um, 
I've used it a few times. I certainly used it in uh, in in La Scala. I think when I was oh, did I did I use it in La Scala? All right. Anyway, it's seventy eight. So and I rolled a ninety nine. Would you believe it? Mm, so oh, you can have two more points of spot hit. That's a flat eighty now. Lovely. Very good. Thank you very much. Um, and finally. Um, I succeeded in a stealth roll when I was creeping around La Scala. <laughs> uh, stealth is, sense uh, of theme here. Yes, indeed. Um, stealth is 69. Nice. Zero eight. Yeah, not, not getting any raises there, but that's all right. And that is me in, for yeah. skills. For skills, but we have uh, something else to give out as well. We wouldn't want to necessarily not give out a little bit of a um, a little bit of a luck refresh, I think. It is in order. Alrighty. Well, I will see if I can fail my luck roll. My luck is currently fourteen. <laughs> Zero seven. Oh, very good. Very good. No, I did not fail it. <laughs> oh, <so> it. <laughs> That's not very good. It's very bad. <laughs> you still get a D ten plus five. Though. I still get something at least. Yeah, it's you still hope, get yeah. something. That's eleven points of luck you get. Okay, that's not too bad. Still yeah. not enough to keep me alive if I need it, but never mind. No. Well, we'll get to the sanity reward at the end. So, uh, shifting to uh, Mr. Fraser's right, that would be Lady Elizabeth. Yep. So, first up is Dodge, which I think I used on the train, if mm. I remember correctly, coming into Milan. I mean, to get around the Duke. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I remember yeah. that. Pretty sure that's when I used it. Duke. So, I have 27 Dodge. And I rolled a 36, oh, so good. I failed that. This is the only part of the game where it's good to fail. Take four more points. Okay, woo. 31 dodge now. Okay, fighting brawl, which I definitely used on the train several yes, times. On the Duke. <laughs> and once on the one of the henchmen, I think. Mm-hmm. Hit him with my cane. And that is a 50. Yeah. <laughs> over 25, so definitely yeah. failed that. Oh, so you can take 10 more points of brawl. Sweet. I'm getting very good with this cane. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Uh, first aid of 50, which I just used in this episode. Mm-hmm. Yep. 62. Ah. All right. So two more points of that. Okay history which i think i used in the library um mm. in milan when miss bellinger out and I books went there. Mm-hmm. the two of you were stealing <laughs> books from the library creative yes. ways i have 55 in history and i rolled a 93 yay well that 55 is now a 65 Sweet. that's the second 10 i've rolled for you i'm not complaining Hey, um, library use of 80, which mm-hmm. I used in the library, surprisingly. And that's a 08, so I didn't. Nope. Uh, I passed that one, so no more points there. Uh, I have a listen of 55. I'm not sure where I used that. Probably used it several times in Milan. But I can't think of a specific. Okay. 84. All right. That is five more points for that. To 60 in my listen. Uh, sleight of hand is 45. That was to get the books out of the library. Yes. 
With the Thigh Master herself by my That's side. Right. Thigh Master Bellinger. 88. All right. That is five more points of that. Sweet. Up to 50. And then the last one is Spot Hidden, 59, which I think I used in the library, but I also used it in La Scala, I believe. Yeah, to notice the, uh, the uh, piece of the simulacrum. Yep. That is 64, and my spot hidden is 59. Okay, so uh, that is four more points of that. Nice. So I'm up to 63. Decent improvement session for me. Good. I need to make a luck roll. Okay. My luck is 34. Because mm-hmm. I spent a lot of it this episode. Yep. And I rolled a 79. Hmm. Um,. So you failed your luck roll, and normally you would get 2d10 plus 5 in luck. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Empowered Hand of Fate is going to prevent that from happening. And you're just going to get a single die d10 roll with no plus 5. This is the second one on me this episode. What the hell? No, no. It's actually the same hand that prevents oh. you from getting it. It's not both hands. Okay. I was just one like, hand touch, not two hand touch. Why do people hate me? Um, so you're going to get eight more points of luck. Speaking of that, at the end of the table, Mr. Griffith... All right. The first one is Fighting Brawl, Mm -hmm. which uh, several multiple times of successes versus the creature on the train versus the thug on the train versus the creature in Wascala. Let's just say there was a lot. Rolling against 50. And that's a zero two. Uh, Well, better luck next time, sir. Okay, second one was Intimidate in the warehouse. Mm-hmm. Oh, what a great scene. That is a 49 over 25, so that is a fail. All right, you can add seven points to that. Okay, next is a Listen. I am not sure when that would have been. Did we make Listen rolls or Spot Hidden rolls versus Focacci? Uh, probably listen rolls for him singing. Yeah, and you would have passed it. The only one to fail that was uh, Professor Courtney. And that's a 20. Nothing else. Of course, he didn't take the sand loss either. So, I mean, there is that. Psychology at 20. Mm -hmm. And I do not remember when that happened. It's all in your head anyway. Uh, That's an 86. So that would be a fail. Very good, sir. You may take eight more points of psychology. Couple of good raises. Okay, the next one is spot hidden. Again, multiple times. 45. Let's see if I can lose. And that's a 40. That is not an increase. Then I've got two more stealth. That's 60 currently. And that is a 12. Okay. So nothing. And last is geology for getting fallen boulders off of the tracks and also analyzing the lens. Yep. Or the potential lens. Potential. That's a 73. So that is a fail. All right. Take eight more points. And that is it. (laughs) And then a luck roll, sir. I have a feeling you're going to pass. be a 42 over 6. 
I think I failed that one. You did. I thought I was mm. going to pass mine as well. I failed mine as well, but no such luck. Uh, so, it's plus five, so. Yeah, so it's 16 points of luck. I am now at 22, so I still don't have enough to survive instant death. But... Hmm. Well, uh, to your right would be uh, Miss uh, Maggie Bellinger. Yes, uh, so I've rolled a number of times since our last uh, investigator improvement phase, but I've only passed uh, spot hidden and listen rolls. Um, so I've wrote a sticky note of the first time I passed them, uh, which my spot hidden was the garlic smell in the streets. Oh, yes. And my listen was to overhear the Duke on the train. So I will do spot hidden first. That is a fail. <laughs> oh, that's ten points. Yes. I plan on passing spot hidden and listen rolls many more times in the future. Uh, listen was a fumble. Ooh. So if I rolled a hundred. That's like an immediate raise, right? That is also a ten. It's back-to-back tens I've made for you. And then luck. And luck. I uh, was a pass. Okay. So, plus five. So, that's that's not bad, actually. That's 13 points. Oh, that's 74 luck. Woohoo! Now we can have Simon make all those group luck rolls. <laughs> all right, uh, Professor. Last but most certainly not least. Well, what skills do long, we have today? A long list here. Um, unfortunately, most of them are all the same, but. Uh, Never mind. Um, I don't know if you remember, but last time I managed to fail every single... When I say fail, I mean make every single one of them. So um, here's hoping we get some worse or better luck this time. Um, So I've got spot hidden, and the first one of those was spotting the Duke in the streets of Lausanne. All right. Uh, 68 over 60, so... All right. The green dice are doing their funky thing still. (laughs) That's four more points. Cool. Uh, the next one I have is Locksmith. Um, and I don't know if this is... So I passed it on a standard roll, um, but then spent luck to make it hard. So I don't know if that qualifies. You for... passed You passed the roll. Yeah. If you improve it after you pass it, it doesn't matter. You passed the roll. That's what matters. That's what takes the box. Okay, cool. I wasn't sure on that one, so... Mm-hmm. That's 45 over 20. All right. I will give you four more points of locksmith. Cool. So that's locksmith. Yeah, that could be useful. You never know. Yeah. Um, so in the library in Lausanne, uh, Richard managed to find a mythos tome, which Lady E then read or did something with. He's not well, sure. had someone read. Let's it's in the past. Mm. Let's not talk about it. <laughs> Uh, 42 under 75, so right. nothing on that one. Nothing there. Uh, oh, and the next one, rather a strange one. Um, natural world to identify the origin of the deer. Mm. And we worked out that it came from England in Wellington's shop. That one was. Oh, 94. So that's a, a definite fail. All right, that is four more points there. A lot of fours going on here. The Wellington Brothers. That's been some time then. Yeah. Um, then there was another spot hidden. We've done that one already. Um, 
there's a persuade roll and I can't read my notes. And then there was another persuade roll, which was uh, against Lady Elizabeth. Um, it was something to do with an arm, but I can't make out my notes. And then there was a persuade um, roll that he made um, to haggle down the price of getting the gem cut yep. for the, uh, the device. Yep. So he's, he's made a few of those. And rolls 53. Ooh, over 50. That's funny for a... Let's say four again, aren't you? Math professor, you're pretty <laughs> persuasive. No, actually, I'm going to say eight this time. Wow. He's a deeply suspicious chap. <laughs> when you're young and a nerd, sometimes all you've got is the, the power of your tongue. Nerds can't persuade people to do fuck all. <laughs> Uh, right, so the next one was a mathematics role to work out how this boulder could have arrived on the track. Mm-hmm. What's your mathematics? 75. So mm. Clearly I'm going to make this one. And 63. So, yeah, yeah I'll make that one. No surprises there. Uh, we're almost there. So psychology. Um, I've written down Milan and dead... Arrival, but I have no idea what that means. <laughs> okay. Eighty-seven. So that, yeah, no, that's a fail. All right. Over fifty. Yeah. And that is another four points. <laughs> Perfect. Um, spot hidden. We did, and then there was another persuade and another spot hidden. So okay, good. good. Then we need to roll luck. Oh yes, luck. If you'd like. Oh, yes. Yes, we will. So Richard has 34 luck and succeeds with an 18. Right. So let's see. 10 plus 5. So that's 11. You get 11 more points of luck. That's not terrible. Back up to 45. Better than a sharp stick in the eye. Absolutely. Or a chair in the face. Oh, there'll be more of those. Okay. (laughs) So for all of you who assisted with the... um, the reclaiming of um, the uh, simulacrum piece, which is technically all of you. You're all somewhat part of it. Uh, I will be giving you five points of sanity back. Congratulations. Uh, You returned Nina Caballero. Sorry, you returned Katerina Caballero as Nina, her sister. Um, And so that is worth three points of sanity. Congratulations. Well done. Is that also for everyone? It is. Yep. Absolutely. Um, So for Richard and Mr. Fraser and Lady Elizabeth for doing the ritual and sacrificing of themselves to put back what was put wrong gain an additional d8 points of sanity uh, and so that is four points you will get from that Ooh, I'm back up to 62 so that is your the completion of your Milan rewards and so when we gather again with the entire cast uh, we will talk about how you are choosing to leave Milan and in what state and what manner likely aboard the Orient Express 
as Venice awaits. Uh, so thank you so much for joining us for our Milan series. Act three begins in short order. Good night.